Go. We're going to start in Psalms, and then we're going to jump into John chapter 6 in just a minute. So let's start in Psalms, because I believe 2018, God wants to do a lot of things, and God is at work already. The title of this message today is God at Work. And uh, how many believe God's at work right now? He's already, he's been working, he's still going to work, he's going to work a lot this year, uh, in us, through us, he's going to do a lot of things. And so this year, um, I felt like today's message, I wanted to just really talk about how God is at work and what he wants to do in us, with us, and through us uh, in 2018. And so to kind of just kind of prepare us as we go into this new year. So I want to start actually in Psalms. We can put that up. Um, Psalms chapter 25, verse 4. And uh, this is kind of our prayer. And if there's anything we can kind of just start tonight off, this is what a prayer that I can think we can begin 2018 with. And that is, God, show me how you work. Show me how you work. God, school me in your ways. If there's anything in 2018, not only do we know that God is at work, but I think there's something about us seeing God at work. Sometimes God is at work and you don't even realize he's at work, but he is at work. So I think a great prayer for us to begin this day is, God, show me how you're working. Because how many know if you knew that God was at work in your life doing something, you might have a different perspective and a different attitude towards what he's actually doing if you knew that he was at work. Y'all with me? Everybody with me? So we want to pray, and I want to start this service off today with this. So God, we come to you, God, first service of 2018. And God, we dedicate this time that we have together, God, as we've already been in your presence in worship, now, God, we get into your presence in the word. And God, I just pray, Lord, that not only tonight, but for 2018, that we would see you at work. God, we know that you're working. God, we know you're doing things in a mighty way already. But God, would you give us eyes to see it? Good God, let us see what you're doing. Show us your ways, God. Lord, I pray, God, that you would break us, you would make us, you would use us. God, Lord, we don't want to do this without you. God, we need you tonight. So open up our ears and our eyes to see you, to hear you, to be with you. We love you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right, John chapter 6. John chapter 6 is where we're going to go. This is the story that is actually recorded in all five Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, it is the story of the feeding of the 5,000. I'm going to read it in, uh, in, in John. This is actually out of the message translation. Uh, and this is what it says. It says, after this, Jesus went across the Sea of Galilee, and a huge crowd followed him, attracted by the miracles that had seen him do among the sick. When he got to the other side, he climbed a hill, and he sat down and surrounded by his disciples. It was nearly time for the feast of Passover, kept annually by the Jews. Now look at this next one. It says this. When Jesus looked out, and he saw that a large crowd had arrived. Now, let me just pause real quick. We know this is the feeding of the 5,000, but the truth to be told, if you go and you read other, uh, other different books, it says that there were 5,000 men. So they believe that there was upwards of 15 to 20,000 people because they only counted the men. And so uh, this is a very, very large group. They actually believe that this was the largest group of people that Jesus ever talk to and preach to at one time. And think about this. This is just crazy for a minute. Think about Jesus spoke to 15 to 20,000 uh, people without a microphone. Don't tell me Jesus didn't have a loud mouth. And so, <laughs> so Jesus looked out and he saw this large crowd. Come on, I mean, uh, my voice is done after three services. I can't imagine 20,000 people. He says, and he said to Philip, now this is one of his disciples. He says to him, where can we buy, buy bread to feed these people? So he asked him a question. And he said this, now here's the thing. He says this 
To what? Stretch Philip's faith. Stretch Philip's faith. You might want to underline that or circle that. That's a big thing. He said this to stretch Philip's faith. He already knew, (laughs) watch this, what he was going to do. Isn't that crazy that when Jesus asks a question, he's usually never asking the question because he doesn't know the answer. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever asked your kids, like, what were you thinking? The truth is, you probably already know what they were thinking. (laughs) You just wanted to see if they knew what they were thinking because you already know what they were thinking. Um, And so when Jesus says, you know, that's the same thing when Jesus was in the garden and and, and he goes to, you know, he's kind of looking around. He goes, Adam, where are you? How many know? He knows where he is, okay? He's already, he's already got the answer. And so here he is. Jesus tells Philip, hey, Philip, man, how are we going to feed all these people? Well, we got some bread. Can you feed these people? And he did this because he was testing his faith because he already knew what he's going to do. He already knew what he's going to do. So let me give you three things that I feel like God is going to do at work. How is God at work? And what is he going to do in 2018? And I guarantee you, God will do these three things in 2018. I can guarantee it. It's going to happen. First one is this. If you want to write this down, God wants to work in you. God wants to work in you. First thing that I know just right off the bat that God's going to do in 2018 more than anything else, more than what we're even going to talk about in the second and the third is the first thing is that God is going to work in you. He is more, um, everything that's on his mind is about making you more and more like Jesus. That's, that's the only thing that is on Jesus' mind, is making you more and more like Jesus. And I, I love this verse. Go back to this verse real quick, because this verse tells us that the reason that he asked this question to Philip was because he was trying to do something. What was he trying to do? He's trying to stretch his faith. Now, I don't know how many of you um, stretch. Um, you know, when you get up in the morning, the first thing usually that you do, you know, you put your hands above it and you, you, you kind of stretch. Why? What are you doing? You're kind of getting some muscles. When you go and you work out, uh, one of the things where, where I work out, the, the first thing that you do is, is you actually warm up and stretch before you work out. And then actually, I never, I never knew that you were supposed to do this. After you work out, you're actually supposed to stretch again. It's, it's actually both a stretch. And there's been a couple of times, like after I've done working out, I've, I need to hurry up and get home and take a shower and get to work. And I'm running out the door and our coach says, get back in here. And I said, we're done. And she'll look at me and go, no, you're not done. And so she'll bring me back in. Why? Because I need to stretch. There's something about stretching that's actually just as important as working out. Just as important as it is to be able to lift weights, you have to have the ability to stretch. And have you noticed that as you get older, any, any older, wiser people in here understand this? Is it harder to stretch as you get older? Yep. Are there certain things you can't touch anymore? <laughs> certain ways you can't bend anymore? Because as you get older, the stretch kind of comes to an end. And have you noticed that whenever you're being stretched, one of the things is when I've had a couple times where I've, I've hurt my back, and, uh, and, and I've had Lindsay have to come put me on the ground and grab my leg and pull it back. Any physical therapist would know this. Any people that work out know this. You're going to pull, pull, pull. How many know stretch does not feel good? No. Actually, if, if anybody in here has ever done yoga, <laughs> so I used, to, I used to, way back in the day, we used to do P90X. That was the big thing, P90X. Um, it was 90 days. I lasted three. Um, <laughs> I did P3X, <laughs> and so, uh, which might be why my body didn't like those people on the commercial. Um, 
But one of the actual discs is yoga. And, it's, and, it's, uh, and I was thinking, this is, this is the women's disc, you know? And Lindsay was like, no, you need to do this. So I did it. And I cried. <laughs> it hurt like crazy. The positions they put you in and the holds and the poses and, you know, all the downward dog and craziness that you do. Uh, because it was stretching things that had never been stretched in a, or at least hadn't been stretched in a very, very long time. And the truth is, is that if you want to have great strength, you have to have great stretch. If you don't have great stretch, you will not have great strength. And a lot of us in here want to see God's strength. We want to have God's strength. But the truth is, if you want to have God's strength, you've got to have God's stretch. And Jesus knew something about these guys that, that they didn't know about themselves was that their faith had not been stretched. That their faith needed more stretching. How many of you could be honest and say that where you are maybe now and maybe looking back at 2017, 2017 was a stretch. God was putting you in situations that were very stretching. And there are ways that God will stretch you. And one of the big ways that God will stretch you is he'll put you in a situation that is over your head, that is beyond you. Here you are, 15, 20,000 people. And Jesus says, hey, we need to feed all these people way over their head. There was no way that they were going to be able to do this. And how many know God likes putting you in situations where you're over your head? I don't know how we're going to pay for this. I don't know how we're going to provide for this. I don't know what decision we're going to make in this. And here we are. Philip is in the middle of this situation. This is what Philip says. Look at John chapter 6, verse 7 says, Philip answers. Here's Philip's answer, which would have been our probably answer too. Philip, Philip looks at him and look at the next verse. Can we put the next one up? We have the next one? I'll read it. I'll read it. John chapter 6, verse 7 said, Philip answered, 200 silver pieces wouldn't be enough to buy bread for each person to get a piece. I mean, God's purpose is constantly to expand. God is expanding the kingdom. God is expanding you and me. God is always wanting us to expand. But in order for God to expand, God's people must be stretched. We've got to be stretched in everything that we do. And uh, God is not stretching us to frustrate us. He's stretching us because he wants more in our lives. And how many know when you stretch something, you do more than you thought you could before? Sometimes when they've stretched me, I was like, my leg can't go that far. And they're like, yes, it can. I'm like, no, it cannot. And they're like, yes, it can. I'm like, no, I'm telling you. I will snap like a rubber band in just a minute. It's not going to happen. And surprisingly enough, over time, my leg can go a little bit further. Now, I've seen different people do splits. Anybody in here can do a split? I'm not going to make you come up here and demonstrate, okay? So don't worry. But there's different people I've seen that can do, do splits. I was subbing at Hathaway High School a couple weeks ago, and uh, I, was with, I was with the eighth grade. And this eighth grade boy came up to me, and he said, I can do the splits. Was, so, of course, I was like, prove it. And, here, and he goes, what? <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. <clears throat> come to find out, he's in gymnastics. And so I begin to question him. Okay, first off, I don't even know if that's possible. I don't even know how you do that. And then secondly, I say, well, how do, you, how do you even do that? Which leads to the other way that God often stretches us. And he says, I would get down like that as low as I could. And then I get somebody on top of me and they push. And they just hold right there. I was like, are you serious? Like, you don't punch him? He's like, no, it hurts. And then eventually he does that enough to the point where he can actually fully do a split. Here's the question. What are the people in your life that stretch you? Who are the people in your life that stretch you? One of the ways that God stretches us 
is not only does he put us in situations that are over our head, he puts us with people that will stretch us. Maybe it's a boss that doesn't love, and sometimes he puts people in your life that stretch you that don't love Jesus. It's one thing to put people in your life that love Jesus and they're trying to stretch you to be all that you can be. It's one thing God puts people in your life that, that don't like Jesus and they hate you and God is using them to stretch you because God's doing a work where? In you. Why did God, why did Jesus look at, at Philip and say, hey, you find something. Let's, we, we got to feed them. How do you do it? Because he was trying to tell them there's something inside of you that you think you can't do this. But the truth is we can do this together, but we're going to have to stretch. We're going to have to stretch. And I'm going to tell you right now, in 2018, if you want to, all these dreams and all these aspirations, you want a better marriage, you want better finances, you want a better job, you want better relationships, you want Whatever you want, whatever that better is, can I just tell you this? You're going to have to stretch to get it. Nothing that God has for you, you're going to get in your comfort zone sitting in your lazy boy. You're going to have to get out. Every, all of God's best are outside of your comfort zone. All of God's best is in the stretch. Notice, in order for Peter to see Jesus in a powerful way, Peter had to get out of the boat and walk on water. How many know that's a stretch? That's a stretch. How many know when the man had a crippled hand that God said, you want your hand back, I'm going to stretch out and give me. There's a stretch. When the woman had the issue of blood, come on somebody, when she had the issue of blood for 12 years, the Bible says that when she saw Jesus that she stretched out and touched the hem of his garment. Come on somebody, and this year you're going to have to stretch to get all that God wants for you. But we don't like to stretch. I don't like to stretch. I want to hurry up and run and go do what I got to do. I say, uh-uh, get back here. We need some stretching going on. So whatever season you're in right now, if it's really painful, it may be because God's stretching you because he's doing the work in you. So that's where we begin. So who in your life is stretching you? Here's the second thing that I know that God wants to do in 2018. Not only does God want to work in you, but God wants to work with you. God wants to work with you. Now, now let's, let's read this together. So Matthew chapter 14, now in, in verse 15, we're going to go to the book of Matthew. Look what it says. It says, toward evening... Notice this, toward evening, the disciples approached him. We're out in the country, and it's getting late. <laughs> dismiss the people so they can go to the villages and get some supper. But Jesus said, there's no need to dismiss them. What? You give them supper. You give them supper. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute, because this has got to be a really crazy story. And I always love to put myself in the middle of these stories. So, Think about this. Okay, they've, they've had an incredible time of worship. I mean, they, just, they had an incredible time of, of uh, meet and greet. Now here it is. Jesus sits down, and Jesus is preaching. And Jesus is preaching like he's just preaching. And he's like preaching, and he's preaching. It's noon, and it's 1, and it's 2. And, man, he's on a roll. And it's 3 p.m. Now it's 4 p.m. Now it's 5 p.m. And, and now think about this. Now the disciples, I think this is, if you could kind of picture what's happening, the disciples probably all get together, and they're looking at each other and go, bro, you hungry? Dude I'm, dude, I'm starving. And now they're collaborating with, okay, who is going to be the one that goes and tells Jesus he's got to shut this party down? So, you know, I don't know if they drew straws or whatever, how this plays out, but the Bible says, according to this, that some disciples approached him. So you got to imagine how that happens. You know, think about who the one that interrupts Jesus in the middle of his message. Hey, hey, time out, y'all. I need a moment with Jesus for a minute. Jesus, come on over here. Hey, Jesus, listen, you know, this series you're doing, like this whole one-day series that you're doing, man, it's so good. It's so good. I love it. I, I love it. You love it? Yeah, man, I love it. I'm eating this up. This is so good. Hey, Jesus, you know what? Listen, the people 
man, I know you love people. These people, they're probably getting pretty hungry. They're they getting hungry. And, you know, I mean, look, I, well, let's send them back home. The restaurants are closing down. Listen, Jesus, listen, I could, I could stay here all day and eat this up. You know, your word is like bread to me. I could eat all this. These people, though, you know, they're getting a little hungry. We got to get them. We got to get them out. We got to get them going. And, and, and sure enough, Jesus looks at him and says, well, what, what do you got? Why don't y'all feed them? And so can you imagine now they go back to the other rest of the disciples and say, what did he say? We shutting this thing down? Come on. We got TJ Ribs coming up. Let's do this. Where are we going? And they said, okay, listen, there's a little change of plans. Well, what'd y'all tell him? You know, we told them. The people, they're probably getting hungry. They need, a, they need some food. What did he say? <clears throat> he said, uh, he said we, we need to feed them. <laughs> Can you think about how crazy this is? Wait, say what? We need to feed them. And so they're looking around, and of course, none of them came prepared. None of them came, you know, with any type of food because it was, it was 9 a.m. when they started the service. <laughs> now it's 6 p.m. I've already blown through lunch. And sure enough, so they're looking around, and the Bible says that they find a little boy that has a Lunchable. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, this is, listen, a couple pieces of bread, a couple pieces of fish. I mean, this isn't... This is what we got. This is where we're going. So, okay, so now imagine this. Okay, so now they've, they've collected all that. 15,000 people. <laughs> they got a Lunchable. <laughs> and so here we go. We're going to bring this all back to Jesus. And now, watch this. Matthew chapter 14, verse 17 now. So they come to Jesus and say, hey, listen, Jesus, uh, all we have is a little Lunchable with um, five loaves of bread and two fish. And now watch this. And Jesus says, hey, we'll bring it here. So, okay, so now they got to go back to the guys. Surely we're going to go back. He's going to go back to the guys. And surely enough, Jesus is going to be like, okay, listen, all right, I tried. We got 15,000 people here. We only got a couple. We got a Lunchable. That's not going to work. Of course, Jesus, he gonna shut, he shut, he's shutting it down, right? No, he, he, said, uh, he said, bring them the Lunchable. Wait, well, <laughs> bring him the lunch. Uh, uh, okay, y'all got it? So we, here we go. We're going to bring him the lunch. Now, here's the, here's the part in this that we can relate to. Because oftentimes, the reason why we don't give God what he asks is because we think what we have is not that much. This is the story of where these guys are. And the truth is, not enough in my hands, but it's more than enough in his hands. And there's a lot of us that are in this room that God could have probably have done a lot more in 2017, but the problem, it was in your hands, not in his hands. Your life was in your hands, not his hands. And, and even if you don't have that much to offer to God, the truth is you have more than you think you do. You have a lot more to offer God than you think you do. And God's desire this year is to work with you. It's a partnership. Notice that God could not do a miracle until what was in their hands got in his hands. And sometimes the miracles that we're praying for, we're not seeing happen because it's still in our hands. You're still trying to do everything for the money, not realizing, God, what if I put it in your hands? You're trying to fix your marriage and not realizing 
you're the one that's messing it all up. Why don't you give what, you, what little you have left in your marriage into his hands and let him do the work? See, God is trying to work not only in you, but God is trying to work with you. It's not about the amount. It's about the willingness and the obedience. It wasn't about if they had enough food to feed the 15,000 people. It was what they did have, were they willing to give it to God? So that's the question that I want to ask you. What you do have. Don't, ask, don't tell me what you don't have. Tell me what you do have. Well, I can't do this, and I can't sing, and I can't do that. Yeah, maybe you can't do all this, but what can you do? And what do you have? Well, I only have this much. Do you know that in the Bible, the widow's mite, which was the smallest amount of money that she gave, it was all that she had, and what she gave, God blessed it. And God said, that is faith. So oftentimes, God is calling us, he's stretching us because he wants us to take what's in our hand and give it into his hand. How many of you have seen the little picture of Jesus with the big teddy bear in the back and asking for the little one that the girl has to offer? And isn't that true that oftentimes we don't give God what little that we have, not realizing that God actually has something much greater that he wants to give in return, but he can never give in return until you give him what you have. And that's why a lot of people run through a cycle of never seeing God really do anything in their life because they're not willing to give God what they actually have because they think that it's not enough when the truth is in your hand it's not enough, but in his hands it's more than enough. See, the people who changed the world did not change the world because of their ability. They changed the world because of their availability. We want to be available to whatever God is doing. Jesus depends on us to bring him what we have. Look what 1 Corinthians chapter 9 says this. It says, for we are, what's those, what's those words? Co-workers. We are co-workers in God's service. Without God, I cannot. But without me, God will not. Listen to me very closely. Without God, I cannot. John chapter 15 tells us that without God, we can do nothing. Without God, I can't. But also, without me, God will not. There is a partnership that happens between us and God. We are in partnership together with him. How many people, think about this, have lost a blessing because we weren't willing to give to God what we had. How many people have been blessed because we gave what we had and then they received the blessing because of what we gave? That's what happened actually this whole Christmas. Because of your ability to bless people and give gifts, other people were blessed because of your generosity to give them whatever gifts that you gave, no matter how big or how small it was, because of what you gave, they were able to be blessed because you gave it. You think about this story, 15 to 20,000 people that experienced an incredible blessing because someone was willing to partner with God. And when God is about to do something, what he's often looking for is people's willingness. And he invites you and I into this. He's partnering with you and I. I want you to think about this. Your neighborhood, your workplace, your school, your classroom, your family, your home, God is at work in all of those places, but he is only at work in people, but he's also wanting to work with people. How many of you in here, by a show of hands, would say that your relationship with God is where it is today, or maybe you experienced or found God because somebody else either invited you or shared Jesus with you? Raise your hand. <laughs> Look around. You know why? Because the purposes of God are fulfilled by the people of God. Can God just radically save people without other people? Yes, he could, but he invites us 
to perform it with him. Any of you have ever asked your kids to clean up? Okay, any of you told your kids to clean up? Okay, so here's, here's how it works. If, you, if you've ever done that, you know, hey, you need to clean up your room. Now, they could, maybe, <laughs> or they could make it worse. But how many know if you step in and do it, you could do it a lot faster, a lot neater, and a lot quicker, right? But what do you do? You, you don't. Or maybe you do. Stop. <laughs> You're telling them to do it because you want to invite them, one, to have responsibility, and then two, at the end of it, for them to see the byproduct of what they did. And they got to be a part of that. How many know it would be a lot easier if, if you would just step in and do it all? But then they wouldn't enjoy the benefits of what being a part of it. How many know God could just save people right now without us? But does he? No. You know what he does? He invites you and I into the story so we can play a part in it. One, so that you can experience his joy and his heart. So when you're praying for that lost husband or lost family member or lost friend or lost coworker, and you're praying, you're praying, you're praying, and then you get the gumption and the unction to finally say, you know what, hey, would you, would you be up for maybe just coming to church with me? And then they say, yeah, I've been needing to go to church. And then they come, and then they hear the gospel, and then they raise their hand, and then over the coming weeks, you see them like getting plugged into church, and then you see them on the dream team, and then you go, I was a part of that? There's no greater joy. God is wanting to partner with us. In 2018, I'm going to tell you right now, God can do amazing things in 2018 in Jennings, Lake Arthur, and in all of the surrounding area in our parish, and beyond with all the churches that we have, but only if we partner with him. Because here's what I know. If you don't partner with him, somebody else will. So here's my prayer. God, don't pass us by. God, I want to work with you. God, I want to work right alongside you. And God is working in this. And now I want you to see this. And number three, the last one, and then we're done, is that God wants to work through you. So God is wanting to work in you. He's wanting to do some heart Adjustment. He's going to work on you. He's going to work in you. He wants to make you more and more like Jesus. He wants you to be a better husband, a better wife. He wants you to be a better passionate disciple of Jesus. He wants you to be a better worker. He wants you to be, he wants you to be better. He wants you to be more and more like Jesus. He's going to work in you, work in you, work in you. He's going to stretch you. He's going to stretch you. He's going to stretch you. He's going to partner with you because he wants to do stuff alongside with you. But then he's going to also want to work through you. Look what Luke chapter 9 verse 16 says. It says, Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish and he looked up towards heaven and he blessed it and then he broke the loaves into pieces and then he kept giving the bread and the fish to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. Now I want you to imagine, yet again, let's put ourselves in this situation. Jesus takes the Lunchable. Jesus blesses the Lunchable. Jesus then gives the Lunchable back. He actually breaks it. Then he gives it back to his disciples. Imagine, gives it to Peter, gives it to Philip. If I'm, if I'm Peter, I'm like, are you done? Like, you want to pray again maybe? Like, let's, and Jesus says, no, I'm, I'm good. And so, so, okay, the Bible says that he told them to go sit down in groups of 50. So I want you to imagine he's, he's going, he's got his little, you know, his, his little bread and a little fish. And, you know, if he's going around, if I'm Peter, I'm like, hey, take a little bit, just a little, just, just a little piece. And you go and you get, get that done. And, and the Bible says this, the Bible, watch this, 
It did not multiply in Jesus' hands. It multiplied in theirs. theirs. (laughs) How incredible is this? It says that he kept giving the bread and fish to the disciples so that he could distribute it to the people. And as they're distributing it, it's multiplying. As they're giving it, it's multiplying. As they're doing it, it's multiplying. I believe that this year, this will be a year that God not only wants to work with you, but God wants to work through you. Isn't it amazing that when God does something really, really big through you, like so big where you know like you couldn't do it, you couldn't say it, how many know that he gets all the glory for it? And it says that he gave it away, and this is how miracles begin to happen. Now, here's the question that I want to ask. Because every time I read these stories, I think about this. What if the disciples, after Jesus blessed it, broke it, and gave to them, they ate it? Think about that. What if they would have eaten what Jesus blessed and broke? Think about all of the people that would have not received the miracle because they hoarded it to themselves instead of giving it away. Okay. So let me ask you this question. The Bible says that every gift that God has given us was never for us. It was actually for us to use to be a blessing to others. So here's the question. What happens when the gifts God's given you, you only use on yourself? How many people do not get the blessing of it because you hoard it? I pray that 2018 would be a year that not only would you take a step in partnering with God, but I pray that whatever God has given you, whatever resources he's given you, whatever talents he's given you, whatever relationships he's given you, that you would use every single one of those relationships to be a blessing to others. Because watch what happens. Watch John. John reports it this way. It says, and when the people had eaten what? <laughs> Think about that. That's a cool, cool analogy already, that the people were stuffed. They were, oh, God, I ate so much. And it says, he said to his disciples, all right, guys, now, now watch this. Gather the leftovers so nothing is wasted. Wait, gather what? <laughs> the leftovers. So watch this. God blesses me. The very first thing that, he does, that the disciples do is, this is not for us, it's for everybody else. They give it to everybody else. Because here's our knee-jerk reaction in our society that we live in, is when God blesses us, the first thing is, I'm going to take care of my needs. And then whatever I have left over, then I'll give to everybody else. And now watch this. They say, no, no, whatever God's given me, I'm going to try to be a blessing to others. And now watch this. And then God makes there be more than enough and actually provides more for them. The Bible would actually even say this. It would go on to say they went to work and filled 12 what? Large baskets with leftovers from the five barley loaves. Quick question. How many disciples were there? Oh, wow. One for each. One for each. Now, here we are. These 12 disciples give what God has blessed them with. They give it away. They give it out. And here it is. God actually blesses them more than he blessed the people that they gave it to. And how many of you would say, if you look back on 2017, for those that took a step, stretched your faith, maybe led a life group you, you weren't going to lead, but you decided to lead this year, and you went and you stepped out and you went to freedom, or you did something that you, you weren't used to doing, or you blessed somebody, something you've never done before, how many would say that you were actually blessed more than the person that you actually did it for? 
I'm going to tell you right now, 2018 will be the greatest year for you if you will learn to live as a blessing instead of always wanting to be the one blessed. Because here's the truth. When you are a blessing, you are blessed in more ways than you can imagine. Now imagine this, and we'll wrap it up with this. Imagine how the boy felt. <laughs> imagine him going home to his mom and what that conversation must have been like. Gets home to mom, and she says, hey, how was it? How was your day? Oh, you won't believe what happened today. You know, mom, you gave me that Lunchable? Yeah, I know, baby. Did you share it? Oh, did I share it? Let me, <laughs> let me tell you. The snack pack was bigger. And said, I, mama, I fed 15,000 people. She says, you're grounded. Stop lying to me. I said, no, mommy, I'm, I'm not lying. And how many of you know that for the rest of that boy's life, he shared that story? <laughs> let me know with his kids and his grandkids. Hey, baby, let me tuck you in. Grandpa, you can tuck me in, but just don't tell me that fish lunchable story again. I'm so tired of that story. <laughs> can I be honest with you? I hope that for every single one of you, that at the end of this year, you can share some stories about how God used you. That how it was a stretch. And you didn't know how you were gonna do this. And how God was asking you to step out of your comfort zone and work with him and you said yes. God, yes. And then how your yes turned into a blessing to all these other people. I, I, I want to be able to say at the end of my life, when I stand before God, God, you see all these people behind me? It's because I said yes. How many people in 2018 are going to experience Jesus and going to have their eternity crossed over from death to life because you say yes? <laughs> if you're sick and tired of where you are and you're ready to go all in, let this be the year. Is it going to be hard? Yes, you will be stretched. Right now, we have close to 800 people here at our church. Pastor Bubba and I are doing our best to pastor people here as much as we can. Can I tell you, it's a stretch. We have a kid's building that's not finished. And we're believing God. This will be a year. It's beyond what we can do. It's a stretch. Think about, I look across our, the landscape of our city and our area, and I see so many broken people. I think, God, they need us. God, they need you. But they're not gonna get God unless we go. So I pray 2018, we would get beyond ourselves and say, God, whatever you wanna do through me this year, whatever you wanna do in me, Whatever you want to do with me, yes.